Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. First scripture lesson this morning is from the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. In my former book, Theopolis, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, (coughs) while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time uh, going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes to you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, Why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Now, if you are able, please rise for the reading of the gospel. Our gospel lesson today is Luke chapter 24, verses 44 through 53. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When he led them out, let's see, When he led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them 
and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. So how are you doing today? Doing well? Just came back from a whirlwind uh, intensive work at Dubuque, and I think my brain is more full than it has ever been. Uh, so I'm just trying to sort a whole lot of stuff in my head. But you know, it was interesting because because I got over to uh, to Dubuque, and it was the first day, I think, or the second day, that all of a sudden the news broke about Texas. You know, and as we were trying to do this, we were, we were trying to study and trying to, uh, to listen to all these lectures. And, and for, for that particular moment in time, it was just circling back and forth in my mind about what had just happened. Trying to wrap our heads around it. We live in strange times. We live in strange times. Between that and still coming out of COVID, the unrest that's all around us, and the increasing number of Native American graves. We live in strange times. Will you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God, we come striving to hear your word. We're, we're trying to understand what, what this ascension means for us especially in, in the times that we live in today. God, we share that special prayer for, for so many families at Robb Elementary and the many Native American families who are still waiting to hear news. And so God, while we, while we try to pray for them, we are also struggling with what this passage means for us. His journey of hope. And so, God, I ask that you would speak. God, that you would open up our minds and our hearts to truly hear your message for us today. And God, I ask that the words that I speak no longer be my own, but it would be your words for your people. Amen. So thinking about living in these really strange times and so many things that are going on around us, let me ask you another question. Maybe one that we sit with for a moment. And that is, how is it with your soul? How is it with your soul today? We just left the uh, two weeks of forgiveness and talking about forgiveness and what that meant to us. Have you forgiven? Have you unloaded that backpack? How is it truly with your soul today? That is one of the, the main questions that John Wesley would ask. One of those main questions that comes up in his, in his small groups, which, which he would call those bands and those select bands. You would get together with this group of people that you had complete trust in. And, they, and then the question would go around the circle, how is it with your soul today? And then once you kind of answered that question, then you would go even deeper. <clears throat> Can I tell you all I hear about you? 
Can I tell you all I feel about you? Ever-deepening, probing questions of how are you doing? And what's going on in your life? This is the core of what it meant to be in these small groups. It wasn't just getting together and reading a passage of Scripture and trying to figure out what, what God was saying. It was all about the relationships of who are we? And what are we doing? How is it with your soul? And so I've been thinking about this, and I've been thinking about you know, what this means in light of the ascension, and what exactly is the ascension. I, actually, we were just talking about this last night. We were over dinner, and, and I said, uh, uh, somebody asked me, they said, well, so, so what's the message this Sunday? I said, well, the message is in light of the journey, because it's in light of our journey, what is the ascension? And he says, well, maybe, can you do like a, a little series on those really big words you use. <laughs> I said, oh, you mean like Ascension and Pentecost and, and one, a couple of the phrases that I heard quite a bit over this past week, which, which is the Trinitarian dimension of par- participatory uh, language. <laughs> or how about, <clears throat> uh, let's see here, what was the... Uh, now I just forget. See, there's what happens. You get in all this information, and it doesn't all make it, make it out. Uh, and it was something about uh, dynamic subsystems. It's like what, subsystems. What what are we talking about here? So I said, well, so okay. So here's the ascension. The ascension. If we look at uh, a lot of things, uh, working through Scripture, we we know Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday is uh, the beginning of Lent. Forty days after Ash Wednesday is Easter. Forty days after Easter is the Ascension. So it follows this this pattern as we go. And of course, next week will be Pentecost. Pentecost is the day that the Spirit was was gifted to everyone. And that's a wonderful story that we'll talk about next week. Uh, But the Ascension is that time when Jesus returns in full glory back to the Father. Jesus leaves the earth and goes back to heaven. So what does that mean for us? What exactly does that mean for us? And so we look at the two different, the two different passages that we have today, and that is Luke and Acts. And so Luke, we, we hear in this story, uh, as, as Luke is explaining this, Jesus says, you are to be a witness to these things. What things? What things are, are the disciples, all the apostles that were gathered there, what were they to be a witness for? It was all the stuff that Jesus taught. All the stuff that they experienced, that, that, they, that they had firsthand knowledge of, over those three years of ministry, they were going to be witnesses to those things. Now, we also have to realize that, that Jesus also says, uh, as, we, as we heard here, he says, uh, he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. You remember all through, in fact, especially through Mark, uh, Jesus keeps telling them that this is going to happen, that, G- that he is going to be crucified, that he is going to die, that he's going to be buried, but that he's going to be raised to life. And all throughout Scripture, the disciples were, 
Yeah, right. (laughs) Or they were like, what in the world are you talking about, Jesus? They didn't quite get it. And so here, just before the ascension, Jesus opens their minds and shows them again, tells them one last time that this is what had to happen. And so now they get it. And now they're supposed to go out and be witnesses to that. They're supposed to tell everybody about what had happened. And it wasn't just to, just to the Jewish people, just to the Israelites. This was meant for, for the Israelites, the Gentiles, the Samaritans, everyone to the ends of the earth. They're supposed to go and do this. However, there's a little caveat there. Because if we remember, Luke says that uh, Jesus tells him, this is what you're going to do. You're going to be witnesses to all this. But stay in the city. Stay in the city until the Spirit comes. That's next week. But stay in the city. And so what do they do? They stayed in the temple and in the city and they worshipped God. They worshipped continuously until the Spirit was gifted to them. And then in Acts, we know that, obviously, Luke also wrote the book of Acts. Uh, so some of this doesn't come as a surprise. But, but as we look at Acts, we look at this and it says, you will be my witnesses. So here it is again, reminding us that just because Jesus is leaving doesn't mean our work is done. We are going to be witnesses But there's something else that happened. So here we don't hear, stay in the city. We hear a different part of the story. And that was that two messengers came and stood beside the group that was there that day. And they told them, or they asked them a question. They said, why are you standing around here looking up at the sky? Why are you standing here? Almost as as if they were asking, say, hey, you got work to do. Why are you staying here? And I wonder if that might have been a little bit like the, uh, the time when Jesus was transfigured. There's another word for you. Transfiguration is when Jesus was changed. His image changed. He was glowing. He was up on top of that mountain. If you remember, he had a couple of disciples up there with him. And, and Peter was like, hey, this is great that we're up here. We should stay here. We don't want to go back down and get to work. This is a really good place. Let's stay here. And so maybe they were all standing around thinking, this is a beautiful place. We just saw Jesus go up to the clouds. Jesus is going to come back. So we're going to wait for Jesus to come back. So we'll just hang out here and and then we'll be the first ones to see Jesus when Jesus comes out of the clouds. How long were they waiting? We have no idea. It says Jesus went up to the clouds and then the next thing we know is there's two messengers standing there saying, hey, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? I think I would think of parents saying, what what are you doing here? Get to work. Stop sitting here. I mean, stop sitting in the kitchen. I'm not going to feed you anything. Get out there and get some work done and then come back and I'll feed you. But maybe that's what it was, is that these, these disciples and apostles were sitting there waiting for Jesus to return, but Jesus was like, get to work. You know, I've gone up to heaven. Send a couple of messengers down there and tell them to get to work. 
Go get to work. Don't stand around and wait. Be actively witnessing to God's love, to the grace of Jesus Christ. All of this through the power of the Spirit. So where have we had these stories of witnesses? Where have we seen these stories? I will tell you where I saw one. Because there was one throughout our, uh, throughout our week together over in Dubuque. Uh, there was a group of us that would, that would go out after our, our classes were finished. Uh, but there was a purpose behind it. There were, usually it was four But there were a couple of times that there was actually six and seven of us that went out. And we would go to a couple of the microbreweries. We'd do kind of this theology on tap. (laughs) Our professor actually called it uh, pub evangelism. And that actually is probably a closer closer definition of what happened. Uh, Because I will tell you this, there was... it was a moment we were we would just get together, we'd sit around a table and, and just have some great conversations and laughs and, and we would pay attention to what was going on around us. We always had one person in our group who uh, was the extreme extrovert. That was not me. Uh, but we'd have this extreme extrovert, and then we had a number of other introverts uh, that were in the group. And so what happened was is this extreme extrovert would begin conversations with anybody and everybody that was sitting around us. And that's the normal pattern that would happen. Well, this particular night, it wasn't the way it happened. Because we were, we were actually sitting around two different pool tables, and I was playing with, uh, uh, with Rob, who, who Rob is uh, a pastor in Green Bay. Don't hold that against me. Oh, actually, I beat him every game. So maybe you can do that. That's what we're behind. <laughs> uh, but... But we were at one table, and and the extreme extrovert was at the other table. And there was a table that was playing trivia that was close to me. And I made a couple of stops at the table. One was just kind of asking them what they were doing, how often they played. And then I went back. And then I came back a little bit later, uh, mainly because I had an answer to one of the trivia questions that they didn't know what it was. Maybe I'll ask you, what was the name of the cat from the original Friskies commercials? Does anybody remember? What's that? Morris. Yes. Morris was the cat. Oh, I'm sorry. It was nine lives. That's right. I threw you all off. See? So when that, when that question came up, I looked over at the table and said, I know, I know. And they were like, come here, come here. So I gave them the answer. After trivia was over, I walked back over uh, and started a conversation with, uh, with a boyfriend and girlf- girlfriend, I found out, uh, and an older gentleman. And we just talked for a little bit. They were asking about, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit about relationships and, and how hard it is to to begin relationships within a certain generation and, and where do you do that and how, you know, are they good relationships or not? Found out that the older gentleman had just kind of walked in that night and they invited him over to the table to be on their team to play trivia. The other woman uh, was actually, because the, the second woman that was in the group, was actually playing pool against uh, a couple of the other pastors at the other table. 
that she had made it over there. And they met her six weeks ago. And that's how they started this relationship. So we were talking about that, and the conversation continued to get a little bit deeper and deeper. And then all of a sudden, the other woman came over because uh, the game was finished. And she came over and she said, they're all pastors. Almost upset. They're all pastors. And so this woman looked across at me that I had been in conversation with, and she says, are, are you a pastor? I said, yes, actually I am. The whole conversation that we had prior to that set up the second half of the conversation. Because her and her boyfriend started sharing with me uh, how they grew up in the church, and her boyfriend, how he was burned by the church, how he was hurt by the church. And how the church is the place where you need to be perfect. That you need to go in there and you need to have all your stuff together. Because every church that they went into, they would walk in and they'd say, Oh, no, no, those were perfect people. They had everything put together. They put, they put on their nicest clothes and they were, just, they were set up just right. And every time you asked them what was going on and how they were doing, they were like, Ah, it's good. I'm good. Everything's wonderful. I said, You know what? I said, if any place in this world that you can be and that you can be who you are, who you truly are, broken, scars, and everything, it's the church. Because God created you to be who you are right now. And God created us all in God's image. Is that not what we heard? God says, I created you in our image, the Trinitarian image, God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so the image of God is the image of love, and that is what we are created in. We're supposed to love God and just love our neighbor. And I said that to her, and she looked across the table at me, almost like she wasn't sure who in the world I was. And she said, if more churches were like that, I would go. Now, I know I'm over in Dubuque, but I said, hey, I'm just over in Elgin. <laughs> she says, you know, we've got family in by Chicago. If we're driving by that way, maybe I'll stop by. So I'll have to let you know if she comes by sometime. <laughs> but if more churches were like that, I would go. Brothers and sisters, what does that tell us? What does the church need to be? We are to be witnesses of all these things that Jesus taught us. What does that mean that we are supposed to be as a church, as sisters and brothers in Christ? What are those witnesses that we have? How are you witnessing in your life? to the grace of Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. How are you witnessing to that in your life? What are you doing? What are you saying? How are you acting around people in your life? The different places that you go, the restaurants that you go into. Because I'll tell you, man, we had dinner at almost a different restaurant every night, and the wait staff that would come to this huge group of pastors... So many of them come up and say, I, I, I don't know what it is about you, but there's something different. And I want to know what's going on. 
We had dinner at High V one night, and there was a, another person that was just eating dinner. I'm sorry, High V is actually a grocery store that actually has a restaurant in it. It's interesting. Uh, but, uh, but we were eating, we were kind of finishing up, and, and as most of us were leaving, there was, a, there was somebody that came over to one of the people at the table and said, what do you, what do you people do? Because, because we're not really sure. This doesn't look like, like a business gathering, and, and you really don't look like you're related, so we don't think it's a family gathering. What exactly do you do? Because there is something different. There, and actually, the word that, that this woman used was, there is a glow about you. I said, we're all pastors. Like, really? Wow. So what are you doing in your life that, that when it comes to that time when people look around and see you, they go, what is it about you? What is it about that, that is so different than everything else that, that I have seen in this world? What exactly is it about you? Where you can say, I am a beloved child of God. And then you can be witnesses to all of this. That I am a beloved child of God. And guess what? You are too. God loves you. Just the way you are. Stop trying to be anything that you are not. And just be who you are. Be who God created you to be. That we are all welcome at the table. This is what we are to be about. And so if we think about the ascension and what this means for us, because the ascension basically signifies the absence of the physical presence of Jesus on this earth. The ascension means that Jesus is no longer here physically on the earth. Jesus is now at the right hand of the Father. But it's also the anticipation of the Holy Spirit coming to us. So without Christ in physical presence here, it's a reminder to us that the work is ours. Jesus spent three years in ministry going around healing and teaching and and loving people, especially those that were on the margins. And now that Jesus ascends to heaven, turns that over to us. Just now it's your job. Go. Is that right? Go and make disciples of Jesus Christ. Go and make disciples. Go and make relationships. Go and, and proclaim the good news. How are we doing this? What does that mean for Journey of Hope? How are we living into our vision of a place to belong a place to change, and a place to share. We have this place that, that whether we are at home watching online and worshiping, I shouldn't say watching, I really should just say worshiping online, or whether you're here in this building worshiping, we have this place that God welcomes us into and, and tells us that we belong in this place. And then we're challenged to grow. God speaks through many different ways and challenges us to grow, to change our lives, to be transformed. And then he tells us to share. And what does that look like? 
Whether it's sharing the news, uh, sharing the message that we've been given, sharing our space between silver sneakers, Christian counselors, another congregation that worships here, or a Christian school. Sharing our space, sharing our resources. That's Acts 2 and 4. When we look at the church that, it, that is expressed through Acts chapter 2, which actually I think we'll hear just a little bit about next week, but uh, that is what, what they did. They came together and they sold everything and they brought everything into the same place so that no one would be without. And so as people are getting their start, like I think about this, I think about Beyond Church who comes in here after us and they're just getting started, that we share this space, allowing them to grow. We share not only the message. We share the message actually through sharing our space. So who are we today? Who are we? I mean, are we beginning to, uh, to see this mission that God has given to us? To go and make disciples? I mean, our mission statement is to, is to make disciples for the transformation of the world. That is the statement of the Methodist Church. It's only through the vision that we're able to do that. Are we living into that mission? Are we making disciples? And that kind of leads me back to Luke. Because Luke, I, I think this is this beautiful portion of it where we hear what they did. Here the, the ascension has happened and and Jesus goes up, raises his hands, and blesses them. And they returned to worship. But how did they return to worship? My passage says this. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And were continually in the temple blessing God. Returned with great joy. Do we have that great joy? Are we excited? Are we wanting to take the message that God has given to us and tell everybody else about it? To invite them to experience what God is doing here at Journey of Hope? I hope we are. I hope we are. So the ascension is Jesus's Departure in physical form from this earth. But that tells us that we need to get to work. We need to continue this work that he has given to us. Will you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God. God, we thank you for the message that you have offered to us today. We thank you that you have spoken to our hearts, that you have given us a challenging word. A word that tells us that we are not to just sit and wait around for something to happen. That we are not to just sit around and wait for Jesus' return, but that we are to be active, that we are to, to go and be witnesses to all that Jesus has done in our lives. And so help us. Help us to extend that news to everyone around us. And to live our lives in such a way with such great joy that, that people will look at us and people will try to figure out what exactly is going on. And so when they try to figure that out, God, they will come to us and they will ask, what is it 
that makes you different. And then we can tell them that it is the love of God and the grace of Jesus Christ and the indwelling of your spirit within us that makes us this way. That we can share that good news with them. God, help us as we continue to celebrate our merger anniversary and as we look for ways that we need to be involved in the life of this community, the community around us, and the world around us. And all this we ask, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. There truly is something special about that name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so as we look forward to that day when Jesus returns, we know that we are still called to be in the business of God, to be sharing God's Word, to be sharing the message to everyone around us until all heaven and earth proclaim, Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim. Because what is it? Kings and kingdoms will all pass away. But there's something about that name. Go, knowing that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you. And it goes with you always. Amen.